upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose. And he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, GP John Paz. With me today is a very special guest. She is, of course, one-third of the Free Babes in the NWA. She's, of course, the daughter of Jimmy Wang Yang. She is Jazzy Yang, making her first-ever podcast appearance. Jazzy, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Cannot complain. This is pretty cool. Uh, talk to your dad. This is your first-ever podcast appearance. I love it. Yep, I'm really nervous. <laughs> oh, you don't don't be nervous. Don't be, it's very easy. It's it's probably easier than wrestling a match on NWA TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what's going on in your world? What have you been up to? So just uh, training and trying to master my craft, and I just had the NWA thing. I'm just doing some shows in Georgia for Lariato Pros Wrestling, and all of that. How did the NWA thing? come about like like who contacted you how did that all go down so mickey posted on her twitter looking for wrestlers and someone said jazzy yang and she said jimmy hit me up we haven't talked in a while and then they had a phone call and then we went down to nashville actually to meet her and we sat down with her and she asked me to be on the pay-per-view and then we later on then she texted about the free babes idea and it was actually her idea and she was like i have this great idea miranda gordy her dad's legacy and all the second generation wrestlers we can put them together and it'd be the free babes it'd be great and then we said yeah and that's how it happened it's just that easy i just contact mickey hey I'm, i'm in i'm interested yep well we had to show her some of the videos of my footage and we had the meeting in nashville at her house and I had to show her that I really wanted it and that I was ready to do it. What 
is like the like when you first get there initially what what's the meeting like is it like a little pressure is she cool like how does that go down um she was really nice so this wasn't like the first time i met mickey she used to take care of me in the back during um wwe shows like my dad would go wrestle and i would go hang out with her and she'd take me into the divas locker room so she was really nice to me when i was little that's what i remember her from so it's kind of coming full circle meeting someone who used to take care of me when i was little it's kind of natural and the conversation when we had the conversation it was more serious but everything was like talking to a friend when that goes down what's kind of going through your head like wow this is a huge step up i'm going to be on you know national pay-per-view i'm going to be on tv i mean a big step up as far as wrestling wise yeah i was really excited especially coming from mickey james like she used to take care of me it felt like everything was coming just full circle with mickey and doing that the empower what did you kind of think of just the idea of empower and it being the all woman's pay-per-view what was your thoughts on that it was great um i'm really big i'm a really big feminist me and my friend used to have this club we started this club at my high school it was called gals girl athletic leadership squad so we're really we were really about woman empowerment so hearing about this and then getting to be a part of it was a really big deal for me and it was great what did you think about the show? Like how, how everything went and your performance, everything like that. Yeah, I loved it. I really think we hit a home run with it. Everybody loved it. The fans were there. They were going crazy. It's a really good crowd. And then being able to watch, watch it back was really cool. What did you think about the pairing? I know Mickey says she's going to put you guys together, make you the free babes, going to be a part of this big pay-per-view. But what did you think about Miranda and what did you think about Haley J? So first we had no, we did not know each other. We were all in like, we were all really spread out, but my dad and Miranda, Miranda's brother actually were partners in WWE. And so we just met up there and we were just like, Oh, we'll see if it works. And it actually did. And we actually did really good. So. Oh, did you know each other at all though? Or, or no, only you, only your dad knew her brother. That's no. it. Only through my dad and her brother. That's kind of interesting. I forgot about Ray Gordy. He hasn't been kind of hiding. He hasn't really been around. Yeah, that's right. They were yeah, partners. Yeah, he's a police officer. Oh, no wonder. Okay. <laughs> no wonder I haven't seen him wrestle. That's a pretty serious job there. With Miranda, how do you think the chemistry is with her? Obviously, you know, your dad and her brother's great chemistry, but how do you think you and her did? I think we did great. It was crazy because it's like the first time we ever met, first time we ever wrestled together, and I feel like we worked really well as a team second generation wrestlers i think that's a good thing you have it in the blood with Haley, were you familiar with her at all did you know her at all there was one that i trained with a girl named ari alexander in ohio and she wrestled her a lot and my dad met her once at like one of the shows in ohio but i never met her but i met her there and she was really nice when Mickey comes up with the, this idea and she puts you guys together. Like, what would what did she say as far as, like, why did she think that you guys would be a great pairing or a great trio? Um, basically that we are all second-generation wrestlers and Miranda's dad, and basically that was all. And she came up with the idea herself and just kind of let us know that we're all second-generation wrestlers. Miranda's dad is this, and it'd be great for me to be with other people that have been in the business longer. So you guys wrestled Red Velvet and Kylan King. 
What'd you think about those guys or those gals? Oh, they were really good. They were really professional. I wish we would have came out with the win, though. <laughs> Is it great exposure for you? Great experience? Like, what was your kind of takeaway from the show? Um, both really was great experience. Uh, really got me a lot of exposure and being on the pay-per-view is, is actually one of my first pay-per-view, big pay-per-views. So it was really cool being in the locker room with everybody and then all the, with that many fans there and then doing more stuff like this podcast. Was it a big success, the pay-per-view overall? I think it was. I think it was a really good success. Was that definitely the biggest match of your career, or have you had others? I know you teamed with your dad, too, but was that the biggest match you've had so far in your career? Yeah, I think it was. For me, I've never been on, like, that big of a pay-per-view before. I actually debuted in Japan when I was 15 with my dad and his old partner, Kazayashi versus Mizawa and Shannon Moore, and that was my first one. But I just had a spot in it, and that was really big because it was the first time I was ever going to be out in front of people doing wrestling. And then my second match, I debuted in the U.S. in my hometown. So that was, like, in front of all my friends and family. So that was kind of a lot of pressure, too. But I think this one was more because it was on pay-per-view. Pretty cool, uh, the debut. I didn't realize you were that young when you wrestled uh, in Japan. How did, how, did, like, how did that all come down? Your dad basically was like, hey, let's get you in the ring, or how did that happen? So I decided, I was like, I want to try this out. So we started training a little bit. And I actually took my first bump when I was 12 <laughs> with my best friend at the time. Her name was AJ. We were like, we want to be divas. That was when the Funkadactyls were wrestling, and we wanted to be just like them. We even went to a show dressed like them. But then they got my dad got the call from Kaz for the opportunity to go wrestle, and he was like, "Well, can my daughter come?" And they were like, "For sure." So then, like, "Oh yeah, she can have a spot." And then I got to do that, and after that, I really wanted to wrestle because being in front of all those people like kind of gave me an adrenaline rush, and it felt great. It was like a high, and then that's how I got the wrestling bug. And then I started training more. But then I had school and high school and basketball and all the sports I played, so I took. A little bit of a break, but then the pandemic hit, and then I started really training more. Were you ready at 15 to get in there and do that match in Japan? Um, I think I was. It took some training. Like, the first time I trained, I almost broke my arm. But it was during basketball season, so I had to lie and say it was I fell during practice. But it was actually kind of – it was really hard training – wrestling compared to basketball or all the other sports man it's completely different like to get in there and take the bumps and take the you know to run the ropes even sometimes you get bruised from the ropes sometimes when you take the bump you almost feel like your lungs are caving in it's a weird feeling right i mean getting out there and doing that training completely different yeah it's a completely different sport with your training who's like who trained you was it your dad yeah, my dad trained me, and I trained with him and his girlfriend at the time, his now ex-girlfriend. We both trained together <laughs> because it was a pandemic, so we had nothing else to do, but there was a ring down the street, so we would go there, and she would just come and train with me, and then and then more people started to come, and, that's, and I just trained with, like, a small group in Ohio. 
what was it like? So now I'm training. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. So where are you training now? No, it's okay. I'm, I'm training now. I'm training at the Nightmare Factory in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. We actually moved here a couple months ago. Wow, didn't realize that. Nice. So Cody, I guess, is I guess he's not the trainer. I guess he's the owner, but uh, QT Marshall, I guess, is the trainer down there. Yeah, he's really cool. But I went to I went to some night class with them, but I trade more with my dad during the day there. Oh, he's a trainer there as well. Uh, just just with me and like helping out a few other people. With the Nightmare Factory, like, how did that come to be? How did how'd you get down there, and, and why did you go down there? So my dad, this is my my dad used to live here. This is his hometown with all his family. And when he got, he got, like, stationed in Cincinnati for wrestling, and he met my mom, and they had me. But he didn't really want to be in Cincinnati, but he was there for me. And once I graduated, we were like, I, I wanted to go somewhere new, somewhere bigger than Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. So, And he wanted to go back home, so we were like, oh, let's move here. And we moved to Lawrenceville, and then we were looking up, like, wrestling schools around, and the Nightmare Factory is only 10 minutes away. So it was perfect to go there. Were they happy to have you? Yeah. See, that's pretty cool, the Nightmare Factory, with Cody, and obviously your dad can help you. So what's it like training under your dad? I mean, is that... Easier, harder? Like, what do you think? Is he hard on you? Yeah, he's hard on me. It's a little bit different because you have to like go home with your trainer, and then you get the light. You know, everybody knows like the dad lecture in the car after like basketball games and stuff <laughs> like that. But it's the same with wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's not taking it easy on you. No, no. <laughs> with that training and stuff like what does he do a lot of is it basically getting ready for wrestling or is he getting you in shape because you always hear trainers sometimes before you're allowed in the ring they make you do all the sorts of crazy cardio and they want you in crazy shape yeah so me and him work out every day but then we do with but then we go to the wrestling school so we work out at the gym then go to the wrestling school but with the train when we were in ohio we had the trainees we'd all have to do the squats like the hundreds of squats and ab workouts and stuff like that which was which was hard and the it was hard really hard in the beginning but as you get used to it it's still hard but it gets easier what is like the easiest part of the training for you like what what have you kind of got, taken to a lot easier um i really enjoy chain wrestling a lot and looking up new videos and doing that part of it what brought you to the, like that part of it? I'm surprised it's not like the high flying and then you know doing some aerial moves. Yeah, I'm scared of heights, so the high flying. <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. But I like the, I like the like intensity of chain wrestling. And then Dean Allmark on Instagram. I don't know if you know who that is, but he posts these videos of like cool different kinds of chain wrestling. So we have the basics, and then we get to try out that kind, and it's really cool having like something new every practice. So he is, you think, harder than you, like on you than other people, or you think that he's just a tough trainer in general? Um, I would say he's a tough tra trainer in general, but if they didn't say anything, they wouldn't care. So I kind of take it as that. 
I'm kind of curious, like with, with him, like in general, is he the reason why you really wanted to get into the business or like, how did you know that you wanted to be a wrestler and like, why did you break in? So just being around it growing up and seeing like, I've always loved women's wrestling. I like watching the girls wrestle and just being around that environment with Mickey James and Melina and Gail Kim. It's like, I loved like seeing them go out in these cool costumes or whatever and be a character out there. I really love that part. And then getting to go to Japan was like, I can travel and do this. Like that was really great. Really cool to me. Did he want you to be a wrestler at first or did he kind of want you not to be a wrestler? I mean, there's always the scares of wrestling. He said like all the bad parts of it, but he said it was the greatest, greatest time of his life being able to travel and have all the friends you get with wrestling. So he doesn't want to stop me from being able to experience that and always wanted to support me and what I do. You think that he's also seeing the other side of things, the injuries and, you know, anything that could happen in the business. It's a crazy world out there. Yeah, he's seen though. Um, I haven't gotten serious injured yet, but I've played sports all my life. So the injury thing kind of comes with all the sports, but there's no risk. There's no glory. That is true. With him, and obviously, he wrestled everywhere, obviously, WCW, WWE, and he's, he's been around the block. Is he kind of the the best mentor you have, you think? Or, or maybe it's not good to have a father as a mentor? I think he's the best mentor that I have. He's, like, one of the only mentors that I really have, but... I think he's really good. He he knows like the psychology of wrestling and everything that it takes to be a wrestler. So I think he's a great coach for me. What's kind of some of the best advice that he's given you? Um, details are important. Details, details, details. He always stresses about details, but and everything is important in wrestling from your hands, from when you walk out, from when you're in the ring. I think those are the best advice and. If you feel like you're going slow, go slower, and a bunch of other advice, but those are the really ones that stuck out. When he says that, like, what does he mean by your hands and stuff? Like, as far as maybe playing to the crowds, things like that? Just, like, details, especially in chain wrestling. Like, there's small things where you can tell if someone's legit or not, and that's really important because you want to be – you want to make people believe you want to be the most believable wrestler and you want to be legit. So grabbing holds the right way, submissions, everything like that, like everything in wrestling is important and people who don't take it seriously kind of make it look bad. But. Do you study specific? I know you said mentioned Dean Allmark and watching his stuff. Do you watch like tape of your dad or do you watch maybe like Dean Malenko or like, who do you watch as far as like learning and, and studying the craft as far as the chain wrestling? Um, I watched the Dean Allmark guy on Instagram. He's He shows like a bunch of European styles. I like to look at his, but also I would like to work in martial arts with my chain wrestling. And I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at American Top Team here. And I like incorporating that into my chain wrestling. So bringing like new forms of fighting into the chain wrestling. Are you learning some submissions over there? Yeah, of course. <laughs> How are you doing? How's the training going? At the top team? Yeah. 
the first couple of times where I got beat up a lot, but <laughs> they they made me tap out a lot. But I'm getting the hang of it, and it's actually I always I enjoyed it. I enjoy it a lot, and it's really good cardio, really good for working out too. I'm drenched when I come out, so that's always good. Yeah, the cardio when you do this, that's unbelievable. But they throw you in the deep waters right away, especially. If you're grappling with somebody more experienced, you're like, damn, I never really uh, realized it's such a chess match. <laughs> like, you have to be out yeah, thinking they, them. Yeah. They just threw me in there, and they're like, okay, just try. But I kept turning it to my stomach, and then they'd choke me out. <laughs> Always a bad thing to give them your back. Always bad. Yeah. <laughs> with that, too, it's one of those things. It's like you think, like, okay, you could be tough, but you can't just be tough. You have to be smart and tough because you got to play – that mental chess game like okay if they're gonna you know try to sweep me or something like you always have to be thinking of the next move Mhm. it's like a whole new sport <laughs> if you're doing that and you're training at a nightmare factory do you think that you have much time for anything else i mean is it or is your sole fo- focus right now is to become a better wrestler um, my focus right now is to master the craft. That's what I really want to do. But I do have some free time. Like, so we go at like, we go during the day from like, we go to the gym at like 12 and then we would go to, for like an hour and a half or something and then go to train wrestling two to four. But I train wrestling on like Monday, Wednesday, and then go to jujitsu Tuesday and Thursdays at night. But there's some free time in there seems like you're really honing the craft like you said mastering the craft that that's awesome you're putting in the work if you will like a little cody rhodes is in there you're putting in the work <laughs> yeah so i also read and saw online you said you want to be the next john cena what did you mean by that um i want his bank account <laughs> <laughs> but you mean like the celebrity part or the top wrestler part or or both i wanted the money Yes, but I also want to be in movies, like make it that big in wrestling that you get to be in movies like The Rock and him and be a part of like commercials and stuff like that. That's always been really cool to me, too. Do you think that the acting part, too, are you going to start going to acting school and do that stuff or are you one step at a time? Yeah, I want to work on my acting, too. That's also a big part of wrestling, your character, and I want to be able to be good at everything got to create that character so with you and character are you going to be like a jazzy wang yang or you want to be your own woman like do you want to kind of separate from from your dad's gimmicks and stuff like that um i kind of want to separate because i'm not a cowgirl at all (laughs) i grew up in liberty township ohio and that is not country (laughs) so i really don't feel like that one fits me at all and I want to be my own person. What kind of gimmick are you looking to, to create? I know obviously the Free Babes is a little bit different in the NWA, but what do you think for yourself? Right now, um, I'm show enough. Have you ever seen Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? Yes, yes. So I think show enough is the perfect tale, and I really wanted to be his character. So now I'm the show yang of wrestling, Jazzy Yang. Nice, I like that, nice. So definitely no... Jazzy Wang Yang or anything like that. No, but my Twitter and Facebook is Jazzy Wang Yang. 
just to maybe get get the name over first and get people to recognize you and then yeah. and Jazzy Yang was taken. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, on Facebook and Twitter. But it's still Jazzy Yang on Instagram. I got that one a while ago, but I'm kind of newer to Twitter and Facebook. That's another thing with wrestling these days. It's like you got to master social media too, right? I mean, you almost need a crash course. Obviously, you're younger, so you can probably deal with it a lot better than a lot of other people. But I feel like social media is a big part of the the game in wrestling now. Yeah. Facebook, I still don't understand Facebook. I just learned how to work Twitter, but my social medias are like Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. That's what I like. But that's my generation. But I'm trying. I just learned how to work Twitter, and I need to figure out Facebook. <laughs> They always say, like, Instagram and stuff is for, like, the younger generation and that Facebook's always, like, the yeah. older generation, for sure. What is that about, like, Instagram and stuff that uh, it's, I don't know, I guess they just, the younger generation just likes it better. What is it about Instagram that's so great? I'm on it, but I'm not really into it that much. Um, I think because I got, like, an iPod Touch in fourth grade and... Instagram was more for younger people, and I was allowed to have Instagram. Like, kids were allowed to have Instagram, but we weren't allowed to having Facebook. So I think it evolved from that. I don't get Snapchat, so it's like a two-second, you take a picture and the person can see it for two seconds? Like, I don't even understand what's going on with Snapchat. Well, you don't actually have to, like, have a conversation with the person. You can just, like, take a picture of their ceiling and send it. And then you have, like, streaks that you can keep and it'll say how many days in a row that you snapped each other. <laughs> <laughs> wow, weird stuff. So you don't actually have to really communicate with the other person. Yeah, not really. Unless you want to. But... Yeah, and little, like, your siblings or whatever can't go through your stuff. <laughs> because it goes away right away. Oh, okay. So if anybody wants to see it permanently, probably screenshot it or something like that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But as far as, let's get back to your dad for a second. When, you know, you said you went to the shows and stuff, but were you a big, big wrestling fan? Like, were you, did you grow up a big fan or did you kind of watch it because he was in it? So when I was growing up, I was scared of it. Like, I would watch him get hurt and I would, I would be so scared because I thought he was going to die. And going backstage and seeing, like, I was really scared of CM Punk, actually, because he shaved that girl's head, and I was so scared he was going to shave my head, so I'd hide behind my dad and stuff like that. So I was more scared of, like, the guy characters, but I loved the girl characters. That's great. He was but for doing... me watching my dad, yeah. But there, being that age and watching my dad get beat up was like, huh. Oh. Yeah, because you still think it's real, right? I mean, you're still buying into the characters yeah. and stuff. He's not hes not telling you, right? He's not breaking kayfabe, right? Yeah, I was, well, I was born in 2003, so I was really young. Yeah, man, oh, man, you were really young during that, that era. And when Punk was doing that uh, straight-edge society thing, shaving people's heads, you had to be maybe seven or so. I'm trying to remember what year it was. But, yeah, that was uh, mid-2000s or a little bit maybe towards 2010. Yep, that would scare the crap out. I would have nightmares of it. <laughs> I bet you weren't happy to see Punk return then for AEW. <laughs> yeah, he looks a lot more friendlier now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, obviously, we're kind of talking about how young you are. You're so young in the business. Do you think that 
it's almost crazy to think like, wow, I'm this young and I'm been at pay-per-view. I'm wrestling in Japan. I mean, you're so young in the business, but you're getting a lot of great experience. Like, how do you feel about that? It's great. It's kind of like, kind of like another full circle moment. My dad started so young and he was wrestling when he was 18 and now I'm wrestling when I'm 18. So it's kind of like history repeating itself for me. What do you think about teaming with him a lot? Because obviously you guys done that a few times. What about teaming and wrestling with him? Um, it makes it a lot easier, and he kind of like coaches me from the side. So it's kind of like good being with someone you know out there and going to all these places with someone you know. It just makes it easier. Do you learn a lot like in the ring from him, watching him and being in there with him? Yeah, of course. He do, he knows like he knows a lot. So <laughs> I feel like sometimes with like a younger wrestler, I think psychology is a hard thing to kind of figure out, and because you see a lot of like crazy spots and this and that, and they might get a great reaction from the crowd, but then there's maybe not a lot of selling. Is he pushing a lot of psychology and selling on you? Yeah, yeah. So I learned the psychology while training like that was also a part of it and now it's like ingrained in my head what how to make a match stuff like that i'm still learning more but i just i have the basics down in the psychology so as you're coming through and coming along where else have you wrestled i know nwa stuff but where else have you wrestled so there was japan cincinnati ohio um I wrestled in Vegas when I actually wrestled in Vegas my senior year, which was like this past year. And I actually got kicked off the basketball team for doing it. So that sucked, but it was also fun being in Vegas. I'd rather choose going to Vegas than <laughs> playing basketball. But Why'd you get thrown off the team? Uh, I don't really know. So I had COVID like two weeks before. So I got COVID and I was out for two weeks, and then I came back, and they're like, you can't get COVID for three months. So there's no way you can be quarantined or whatever. And then I had to go to Vegas, and our tournament got pushed back because other teams had COVID or something like that. So I, I had to miss the first game. And when I was, they said okay, but then when I was there, they was like, you're kicked off the team because we think you're high risk of COVID. Even though you're within the 90 days where you can't get COVID, we're, we still think that you shouldn't be come come back and then the athletic director said well you can't miss a game or practice but this is the only one I've ever missed but my dad and the athletic director don't get along that well I could see why damn yeah and then my dad tweeted F our athletic director and then he got blocked from our school <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right I thought that maybe they were. I thought maybe they were pissed that you became a wrestler. Like, hey, we want you to become, you know, fully engaged with the team. I thought maybe they'd be pissed that you were wrestling. I think that was more the reason because it wasn't my coach's decision. My coach, my coach was fine with it, but it was the athletic director, and he's like one of those haters on wrestling. Wow. So you can't say that's the reason. Wow, unreal! And he hates your dad. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> So with you, and we were kind of mentioned before, but there's a, obviously a woman's revolution right now in wrestling. 
What do you think? I mean, it seems like is the tide turning? Is is this woman's revolution going to stick? I mean, are these women wrestlers seem like they keep getting better and better? Mm-hmm. I feel like so. People just keep getting better and better. There's more women in it, so there's more competition. More people are working harder at it. More people are athletes. More people are loving wrestling instead of just being um, like picked out of a catalog like they used to be. But. Is NWA like back on the horizon? Are you going to be working with them again, or was that just a one-off? Um, they haven't said anything to us about anything else, but I hope to. Did you work the tapings at all? That were right after the pay-per-view. Uh, no, our we left to come back home before that, but they're supposed to be coming to Atlanta in December, I think. So maybe we'll do something there, but we are not sure yet. Nice. You got to let them know that you're in Atlanta now. You know, you got to get that uh, get your name yeah. out there. So, what about like AEW? I mean, you're training at the, the Nightmare Factory. Obviously, you're on their radar because anybody that, that trains there is definitely. What are your thoughts on working for AEW? Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to work for any company around here. It'd be great. I want to get. I want to travel everywhere. I want to be go to like every company I can. If that can take me around the world, I would love to do it. Is the reason for training there is is to get into AEW, or that's just kind of a happenstance? That just uh, happens to be. Oh uh, no, it was more like it was just more that it was close and convenient for us, so that's why we started training there. As far as like getting more on their radar or getting on anybody's radar, like what do you think you could do to improve, or what do you want to improve? For me, um, I just want to master the craft. I want to like be good at everything. I really need to get, be better at my talking and my acting. I really need to get. I really need to improve on that. But really, I need to improve on everything, and I really just want to be able to reach the final level. So, what do you do for that? Do you like do promos in the mirror? Or do you go to acting class? Like, what do you do to get better at that? Um, practice going off with my dad and trying to talk to myself in the mirror so far. But I can't take myself seriously, but I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, you got to get over that. you got to start getting serious. Yeah. So but when I go out there, it all turn, it all clicks and turns on. Yeah, is that something that is, like, natural because you're second generation? Is it more natural just to you in, in general? Like, you could just flip the switch and, boom, you're a wrestler? Um, it was actually really hard at first, but I feel like when I go out the curtain, like all the fans there and like getting that adrenaline, adrenaline rush really helps me like flip the switch. What is it like about wrestling that, that you love like the most? Like what's like your, I know we we're talking about like chain wrestling and stuff, but what do you like? Is it, the, is it the fans? Is it the matches? Is it like the, the character stuff? Like what kind of is your favorite part of wrestling? Um, my favorite part, I think, is the traveling, like getting to see all the places, like all around the world being a wrestler. That's, how, that's the part that sticks out to me the most. So many wrestlers always say, like, oh, I want to wrestle in Japan. Well, you <laughs> did they did it first, actually, wrestling in Japan. Yeah. Is there any other place like you'd love to wrestle or, or is Japan? You want to make sure you get back there? Like, where do you want to wrestle as far as travel is concerned? 
Well, I want to go to all 50 states, but I want to go to other countries, too. I would love to wrestle back, go back to Japan and wrestle. I'd love to go to Spain. Barcelona is, like, on the top of my list that I want to visit, what places I want to visit. I'd love to wrestle in Mexico, Canada, all the places like that. I'd love to wrestle in Korea, too. As we hit the wind down, we're going to head towards the finish. As far as, like, WWE is concerned, is that on your radar, or you maybe feel you're not ready for that yet, or is that a long-term goal? What do you think about WWE maybe in your future? I really hope to reach that level. I really want to be in the WWE. It's cool. I feel like that's the top. I feel like that's the top for me right now. Is that the ultimate goal? I say my ultimate goal is probably be, I want to be in a movie. I want to have an action figure. I want to be in a video game. I kind of want it all. But. Nice. I love that. You get a high goals, you know, high goal, high reward. Also with you, obviously, you know, you mentioned team with your dad and stuff. Is there some other dream opponents or maybe like a dream match, other girls that you haven't wrestled yet that you'd love to wrestle? I want to wrestle Bianca Corelli. Santino's daughter, right? Santino's daughter. Yeah. Santino's daughter. I think she she We're was on the pay-per-view too. Yeah. <laughs> she was on the pay-per-view too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't anybody, yeah, I want to wrestle her. Anybody like legend status or like, you know, some of the, the big names that you would love to get in there and wrestle? Like Mickey, maybe? Yeah, I would love that. I want to wrestle Charlotte Flair, too. She's really good. I feel like she's on top of women's wrestling right now. And I would love to be at the same level as her and get to wrestle her. They always say, or like a lot of wrestlers say, that the way that they got better is by wrestling somebody better. Like, you know, obviously, if you get in there with Charlotte, you're going to mm-hmm. become better. Do you, do you believe in that? Like, if, if you wrestle somebody good, you can raise your game? Yeah, but I also believe wrestling people kind of lower than you really raises your game because it makes you be more of a leader or help them, make them come up to your level. That's more of a challenge, I think. Carrying them, right, and and leading the match. Yeah. So for you, let's just say a few years from now, we won't talk like long term, we'll say maybe even more of a short term. Where do you see yourself and like, what do you want to be doing and, and where do you want to be just like in, in the short term? Short term, I just want to master the craft and be a like well-rounded wrestler, be able to do it all. Do you see yourself going anywhere like specifically as far as like, you know, I know you got Shimmer out there and stuff and Stardom out there in Japan. Do you see yourself like anywhere particular as like a landing spot in the near future? Uh, not as right now, but we'll see what the future holds. So before we let you go, and you know you mentioned having all the social media and stuff, give everybody your plugs where everybody can find you, where everybody can see you. Okay, so Instagram's Jazzy Yang. My Twitter and Facebook are Jazzy Wang Yang, and my TikTok's Jasmine Y3. But you can also search Jazzy Yang for that one too. And on, I have a nonprofit called Wrestling for the Kiddos. It's where I raise money to help pay for kids' sports fees, and it's Wrestling for the Kiddos on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Nice, I like that. Good stuff. Now, 
give us something, you know, leave us off on, on a good note as far as like your character, maybe not like a little promo, like it, like what we're going to see from you coming up. Okay. It's your girl, Jazzy Yang, the last dragon princess. I'm the baddest mofo no down around here. Nice. Nice. I like it. <laughs> good stuff. But Jazzy, thank you so much. I appreciate it all the time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to talk to my dad? Sure. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. <laughs>